Welcome to the Baptist Pulpit. This podcast is designed to introduce to the audience Baptist preachers, both living currently in America or across the world, and also to introduce classic speakers, men of the past. There were Baptist preachers that have inspired men like myself for years to preach the Word of God. And they also, through their preaching, highlight Baptistic principles. Thank you for listening to the Baptist Pulpit. Our speaker for today is Pastor Bill Gorman. Pastor Bill Gorman is the pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Margate, Florida. It is right outside of Fort Lauderdale. And he was reached in a very interesting testimony. He was reached in the inner city of Philadelphia through street preaching. God saved him. And then he went off to Bible college and started into the ministry. He's been in the ministry for decades now. And I believe it was in 2007 he had been working with the school, Faith Baptist Academy, and with the church uh, as an assistant. And then in 2007, they called him to be the senior pastor. So he's been there in Florida for quite some time. Pray that you enjoy this message here on the Baptist pulpit today. And uh, as we look into the Word of God, I'm just uh, praying for a blessing for all you folk uh, tonight from the Bible. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to talk about faith divides or faith separates. It's automatic. Uh, faith and uh, saving faith and then walking by faith, not by sight, living for the Lord. It's, it's automatic pretty much. If you're going to live for the Lord, there's going to be separation. It automatically divides. We're going to look at Moses. Of course, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, that's where we're at, Hebrews 11, is the the faith chapter, the great faith chapter, uh, faith heroes of the Bible here. Uh, We're going to look at Moses pretty much and uh, go down to verse 23, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, and some points from the faith that Moses had and the faith that surrounds Moses and how it caused him uh, to separate uh, and stand out for God. All right, and it says in Hebrews 11, verse 23, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the uh, reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By uh, Through faith he kept the Passover, And the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, 
were drowned. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, that we can gather together. Thank you for this church, Lord, local church in this area. And Lord, thank you for your blessing upon this ministry, uh, Lord. And I pray tonight as we once again open the Holy Bible that's forever settled in heaven. Thank you for preserving your word. It's forever settled in heaven and every word of God is pure. And so may your word work in our hearts and in our lives in a special way. And may we be strengthened, Lord. May the saints of God be encouraged and build up in the faith and uh, and just step out for you and keep going forward for you. And Father, bless as we look at this uh, this concept of separation from the Bible and how faith affects our separation. Now, bless, uh, help the preacher uh, as he preaches the word of God. May you be glorified. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, faith divides, and it's pretty evident evident here in Moses' life. Uh, in verse 23, uh, number one, it starts out with parents. And uh, I like to preach a lot about family at, at our church. Our, our church knows it. I had seven, we had seven kids and I love it. And, you know, they're all grown up, you know, the baby now, she's 19, but, uh, and, but, uh, everybody's grown up. My oldest son, uh, is a pastor in New Jersey. Uh, and, and, you know, they're all, they all got saved. They're all living for the Lord and, and praise the Lord for that. I, I wasn't from a Christian home. Uh, as pastor Dameron said, I got saved on the streets of Philadelphia and uh, praise God, God changed my life. Uh, my, my oldest uh, uh, brother died from drugs, heroin. My oldest sister died uh, from heroin. I was going the same direction. But uh, God saved my soul. I'm so glad somebody, somebody was talking about it this morning. Uh, somebody came to me on the streets in Philadelphia. Yeah, we call that street preaching. He came up to me and gave me the gospel. And, uh, and I got saved and God changed my life and I uh, just keep going forward for the Lord. It's wonderful, but I just love Christian homes. I, I think we, we need stronger Christian homes and, uh, and, uh, you know, here is good. It's good to see uh, here a lot of intact families. I mean, it looks like it and that's good, uh, at, at Fairhaven. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, our church, we deal with a lot of broken families and I'm sure you do too, but, it's just everywhere around us. And we've got to work hard. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to work hard to keep our marriages strong. Uh, you know, uh, husbands, love your wives. Don't just know it. You know, you ought to practice it. Uh, husbands love, and wives, you know, there's a lot there. Love your husbands, respect your husbands. Uh, a man is only half a man unless his wife respects him. Everybody else can respect a man. But if his wife doesn't respect him, he's only going to be half a man. And so you got to have that strong marriage and then raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I mean, put a lot into it. Uh, here, there's an influence on Moses' life that was powerful, and that was uh, parental protection. And pro parental protection. Look at this verse. It says, verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid Three months of his parents, you know, we usually give his mom credit for that, uh, Joshebed, but Amram was involved too. It says his parents. Uh, and uh, uh, they, they hid him, the, the, you know, those three months, and uh, they took care of him. 
uh, and uh, uh, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They did what they had to do. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, my background, uh, Pastor Gorman, you don't understand, you know, I come from a, uh, you know, a divorced family or I come from a broken family or, you know, we were poor or something like that. And people are, you know, are always using that for an excuse, you know. But, you know, God can build off of that. God can, God can help you to help people in those situations because, what he does, God, he takes you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And he will change you. It'll help, And then you use that. You know, years ago, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to study this book. I'm going to learn this book. I'm going to read your, your word. And whatever you show me, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell. I'm going to tell. I'm going to preach it. And so God gave me a pulpit. Not as big as this one, but he gave me a pulpit. And you know... And so that's what I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. First place I ever preached was under the L. <laughs> you know what the L is? The elevated train. Uh, if, if you've ever, no, I shouldn't say. I was going to say if you ever saw a Rocky movie. But don't see it, no. <laughs> erase, erase. Uh, yeah. But anyway, if you heard about it, uh, they, had a, they had elevated trains there, you know. Some of you are from cities like that. And uh, I preached, I used to preach under there. And so I had a holler. So if I do a little bit of that, you know, uh, don't, don't worry about it. But that's the first place I ever preached, uh, out on the streets in Philadelphia. Uh, and, uh, you know, what a wonderful thing. And I, But I remember uh, street preaching. I used to try to get my mom to come to, to church. She wouldn't come. Uh, so, you know, I didn't come from a Christian home. Uh, but she used to she used to go shopping. Uh, she, we, didn't, we didn't have a car. A lot of inner, inner city people... Didn't have cars. You took the bus. You took the the trackless trolley or the trolley, you know, the, the L, whatever. And uh, she she used to go to Frankfurt Avenue uh, shopping, and the elevated train ran along there. Uh, and uh, we you know we were preaching out there. Way we used to take turns preaching, giving out tracks uh, out on you know under there on Frankfurt Avenue. And um, I'm looking. There's a little crowd built. You know, usually people walk by, give them a track. Some stop. We talk to some. Uh, but I look across the street, it's a big avenue, but I look across the street, and I see this little lady standing there, you know, a bunch of other people, and I say, hey, that's, that's my mommy over there. <laughs> it's my mommy over there. And uh, uh, she never would come to church, but uh, uh, then I went, I went to, to see her. I wasn't living at the house at the time. I went uh, to see her, and I said, uh, hey, mom, I saw you, <laughs> and then you disappeared. Where'd you go? And she said, hey, you did good. You did good out there. I was just hollering and preaching the gospel, you know, and giving out the, the scriptures. But she said, you know, you, you did good. But, you know, uh, uh, she, you know, she got saved later on. Uh, she got saved when she, but she was, you know, alcohol just beat her up and beat up a lot of people around there. But she got saved before she died. And I always praise God for that. My dad got saved. But I didn't have a Christian home. And, we, we, you know, once I got uh, saved and, and God gave me a wife, I met her on a bus ministry, a church we were starting uh, in Philadelphia, and I, she was going and doing the same things I was doing. She was, you know, except for the preaching part, but she was doing, uh, she was going, to, you know, out in bus visitation and soul winning and all, and, uh, you know, working on the bus with her, and I saw she loved the Lord, and, and God brought us together, as one, and we determined. That we were going to raise our children like not, you know, like we were in the world. But we were going to protect them. You better protect your kids. You better watch what, 
whatever's on that internet, you know, that's scary stuff. There's some bad stuff. I mean, you can use it for there's some good things that you can use and all. But, hey, you, you, your kids, don't make the mistake of leaving them alone with a computer and the internet. And if they have to have a phone, you better make sure you know what's on that phone. I don't know. I don't think little kids need to have phones anyway. But, uh, you know, you better watch out what's on that phone. Uh, by mistake, you know. I don't know. You know. By mistake, something can come up on there. And at Facebook or whatever, you know, it just pops up. I had a phone one time. I got, I got rid of it. And just I was looking at this phone, and, and I was trying to make a call. And some bad pictures. I threw it on the ground and jumped on it. That, that thing's scary. Demon possessed. I don't know. know what that, that's bad. And you know, that, but what if the little kid's doing that? And this, there's no what ifs. It's happening. We've not come this way heretofore. This has not happened. This is new. I mean, sin is sin. But you better protect your kids. You better give them the Bible. Because if you don't, the world's going to get them. And the world wants them. The devil wants them. And so mom, dad, hey, work, love each other. Have a strong Christian marriage. Have a strong Christian home. Have fun, too, serving the Lord and living for the Lord. I mean, you know, I live in Florida, South Florida. There's a, there's a big ocean out there, the beach. We don't go to it. <laughs> Because the way that people are dressed, but like when it's stormy and a little chilly, you know, it gets about 65, 60, 60, getting a little dark. That's when we go. That's God's ocean. I'm allowed to go see that ocean. Yeah. And those palm trees, God made those palm trees. Now, no man made those palm trees. He's given us richly all things to enjoy. A little baby, a little kid. Sermon on the Mount. What's that about? Flowers and the birds of the air. And, hey, teach your kids. This is, this is all, that's from God. Man perverts things. So this thing that's popping up in front of your face. It's that, you know, man's doing that. And men that don't know God, you can't trust it. And I don't know about all the blocks and all that. I don't even know how to do all those kind of things. But I get other people to do it for me. But make sure you do it. Uh, it's, it's Because once they get it in their brain, that perverted stuff, it's a mess. It's hard to get out. And so you got to protect them. And, and, and I deal with adults. Pastor, I just like I saw it. And it just, I mean, I, I, it, it just took me in and. And, and it takes time, and it takes prayer, and it takes getting in the Bible to, to help them. And we've not dealt with this, uh, you know, adults, but let's please protect the children. Let's, let's, let's watch over them. Let's pray for them. Let's, let's protect, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, will not depart from it. He'll never depart. He'll never escape the verses that you taught him, the verses that you taught your little girl. You know, Jacob should have protected Dinah. Dinah was, you know, got in around the heathen and said, she wanted to see what, what it was like out there with the, 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 the women of the land, the girls in the land. And she went out there and some, some crony, some guy, you know, 
got a hold of her, it was bad. You know, Eli didn't teach his sons uh, to respect. Well, he didn't teach them much at all. They didn't know the Lord. He didn't correct them. And so they, they didn't treat women right. You can know a lot about somebody, you know, how they treat the opposite sex. We got to teach our boys how to treat girls right. Teach them to treat girls, uh, you know, like they're feminine, they're different. It's not, you know, they're not the same as boys. And we got to, we got to teach girls, you know, we got to be careful about the Bible talks about these creeps. They creep into the house, lead away captive, silly women laden with sin. I call them creeps. Because the Bible says they creep in the homes. Yeah, somebody, daddy better be around. I remember when, you know, a young man came to ask about uh, my older daughter uh, get married. I tell you, I, I had a, I had grilled him. I grilled him good. That's okay. I know he went to Bible college, all that kind of stuff, but he better be right with the Lord. You know, and daddy, protect your daughter. Uh, and mommy, you know, teach her how to be a girl. The older women should teach you. A, a man can't really, t- a preacher, you know, can't teach a girl how to sit like a girl. You can say it, but you, you know, hey, you got to, some ladies got to do it. Mommy should do it. Or ladies in the church should do it. Teach her how to be feminine. You know, and, uh, and, and, and that's protect your kids. Teach them right. It's very important. Whatever happened here, the Bible says it was by faith. And faith got a hold of Moses because his parents said it. Whatever the king said, what God says is more important. We ought to obey God rather than man, in other words. The king said, kill the babies. It's okay. Well, our land says it's okay to kill babies. Yeah, even before they're born. It's okay. Who said that? Oh, up there, the big shots. Man, they, they really know it. They don't know anything. If they don't know God, they, they don't know. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. They're spiritually discerned. You don't know. But you know, you know the Lord. And you know where they're fearfully and wonderfully made, these little babies in the, in the womb. So you teach your children that. You teach them the right way. You protect the baby in the womb and then the, the, the little children, you protect them. And Jesus cared about Jesus, took them up in his arm. Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, he took a little child and he used them for illustration more than once to show how a Christian should be like. Hey, that's good. That's a good thing. And so we ought to protect little children. Jesus warned them, you better not offend them. You know, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Let Bring them to me. That's the only answer. And so protect your kids. Teach them. Yeah, keep doing it. I know you're doing it. Keep doing it. And teach your kids to do it for their kids until Jesus comes back. And that will cause your family to be separated from the other families. You know, well, everybody else listens to that music. We don't. Teenagers, all the teenagers, they gotta, they gotta have their own. This is the first time in Christianity, in Christian and fundamentalist, or whatever you want to call it, Bible believing churches. And then, you know, they say, well, the kids, the teenagers, they got their music, and then the, you know, the adults have their music. 
uh-uh. In our house, it's one kind of music, you know, and, and the kids like it because they've been taught that way. And they, they know the other stuff, that's bad stuff, even when you call Christian. You know, we don't do that. And in our house, we don't. Hey, by the way, you can survive without contemporary Christian, uh, whatever they call it, CCM. I don't use any of it. Zero, zero, none. And I can, I still breathe. I'm all right. You know, you can survive without that. Uh, and just get more of the good stuff. You know, buy some music from Fairhaven. That's what I'm telling everybody. Buy their, you know, get some of their music. You know, but do, you know, do, you can survive. But protect your kids in all those areas. Moses had this, something happen here. And it got a hold of him. Because mommy and daddy, they, they said, we're going to do the right thing. Uh, notice what it says. They saw that he was a proper child. Yeah, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, mom, every mommy's going to say that. The Bible says that, you know, he was a goodly child. A goodly child. In Acts chapter 7, she saw that he was a goodly child. They saw, yeah, that's right. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, but there's a little something wrong with him. Yeah, but he's my child. You know, and I'm going to raise him for the Lord. We're going to raise him for the Lord. Every child counts before God. Every child Every person counts before God. Red and yellow, black and white, it doesn't matter. God knows every hair's on their head. He knew them before they were born. He knew them in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5, he knows everything about them. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so cherish them and make it important in your home. By the way, the Bible says, Psalm 127, that children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Reward. Children are good. Not are bad. They, you know, they're little stinkers. And they're little sinners. But they're from God. And you are a steward from God. And if you do anything with, you know, you ever see men build something? You know, they're bleeding, and they got hit their finger with a hammer, and, and they be like, you know, they work hard. Hey, women do too. <laughs> but, you know, we got to work hard on our families. We got to work hard on that. If you don't spend enough time with your kids, do it. You know, I know you're, you know, you're serving the Lord. That's great. I remember years ago, I was, man... I was helping start a church, so I was there for the pastor. I was with the pastor. I was there. I worked a job, but when I wasn't, I went the, to church first. Met up with the pastor. We went knocking on the door. We did everything, you know. And then I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with other people's kids, and I'm doing junior church. And, doing, and then uh, one day I'm thinking, hey, I got kids. And I'm not seeing them. I'm seeing other people's kids more than I'm seeing my kids. So I went to the pastor, and I said, I want to spend more time with my kids, you know, but I'll be everything. I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be doing my best there. And he said, no, 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 just trust the Lord and you keep doing. But, but you know what? To be qualified to be a pastor, you better have your family in line. You know, and, and you know, so you, that comes first. And, and there ought to be that protection in the home. There ought to be that protection and if, if the, who knows how you really are? Your wife, your kids. They know what you're really like. 
And if you got a good testimony for before them, you're doing pretty good. But if you just have a good testimony for every, oh, that's good too, but they've got to see it. Your kids will see it. There was a parental protection. They put God's word before it is a proper child. This child's a gift from God. We're not going to obey the king who wants to kill the male, throw him in the river. We're not going to do that because that would be wrong. The government says it's okay for two men to get married. God says, "Uh uh-uh. Marriage is a man and a woman. You know, it's not. Well, the government, the government, who made government? You know, and, and in America, right concept, one nation under God. Yeah, let's try to get back there. Let's keep working on get people saved. There has to be a separation in the home. And this is what helped Moses in so many ways. He, he God's uh, uh, approach for his, his family was they put... Uh, God first and put respected him more than they respected the government. You know, you ought to obey the government as far as you possibly can. You know, but if they if they go against God's word, we're going to keep we're going to keep doing what God says. We'll keep obeying God. God will protect us, but we'll keep obeying God. And so that's what happened there. And then look at verse 24. What happens with Moses is he gets starts to make decisions here. It says, by faith, Moses, when he has come to years, come to years. Hey, that, it means he grew up. Some of us got to grow up. You know, hey, you've come to years a while ago. But have you ever given everything to the Lord? You see, separation, start, it's, it's in the home. But everybody's got to make their own decision. You've got to, you can't do it because daddy did it. You can't do it because mommy did it or your, your dad's a preacher or a deacon or something like that. You've got to give your life to the Lord. First of all, you've got to get saved. And secondly, you've got to give, put your, your, your body on the altar, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and give it all to the Lord. Moses, the Bible says by faith, Moses, when he would come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And sometimes you got to say, you know, I, now I'm just going to say, I, you know, I give, but you're not smart enough. Hey, you don't worry about that. But you're not good looking enough. Be a good preacher, you got to be really good looking. Well, I think I plunked that one. You know, you got to be really intelligent. Nah, I'm not doing too good there either. But I don't find that in the Bible. What I find in the Bible, there's qualifications for a pastor. And there, there's the whole idea of walking with God and knowing the Lord. Moses wanted that. And that separated him. And, and he made a decision. Moses made the decision he, he, when he had come to years. And you, no matter what year you're at now, you've got to come to that decision where I, I'm going to choose God 100%. Everything in my life will be designed around God and his word Everything, all my decisions. You know, I'll judge righteous judgment. And how do you do that? By the word of God. The word that I speak unto you, that shall judge you in the last day. Everything, you know, it's not this idea, judge not lest you be judged. No, you got to judge righteous judgment. That, that meant what, what was happening there is they were making their own determinations, not using the word of God. So Jesus told them, if you judge right, you got to judge righteous judgment. He that is spiritual judges all things. 
And so you use the word of God for everything in life. Your discernment. Everything you do. Why, you know, why are you doing it that way? Well, you know, the Bible says it. I'm going to do it that way because the Bible says Government may say this. Entertainment system says this. Internet says that. But God says this, so we're going to do it that way. And he said, he, he refused to be called. I'm not going to do that. It's easier. You know, I got some prestige. I'll be famous. I got money. All those kind of things. But I believe Moses got saved. He was saved at this time. And he made a decision. I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Look at verse 25. Choosing rather. Choosing. So he refused and he chose. He refused what the world had. He just said, no, that's not me. Take the world, but give me Jesus. You can take that, but no, I want, I want what the Lord has for me. You know, and so he said, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God. So he had the parental protection, and it wasn't that much, and it wasn't easy. Maybe you didn't have that much. Maybe it wasn't easy. But if you got saved, you got the Lord. And, and you've got to make your own choice. Whether you're going to go the way of Egypt, the world, or you're going to go the way of God. But you got to count the cost. Choosing rather to suffer affliction. Yeah. With the people of God. He said, I'm going to line up with the people of God. When I got saved in 1974, I had really never been to a church. I uh, think we didn't go to church, did anything. We went once in a while on Easter and Christmas, but, you know, we really didn't even do that. We just, we, we would sneak in and get the flyer or bullet and sneak back out and Say, tell my mom, I tell your mom, hey, yeah, we went. Yeah, we were lying. We didn't go. Easter, Christmas. Uh, but, you know, and then, but I got saved in 1973, and God changed my life. I tried to go back around with my old crowd. I don't want to hang out with them. I just didn't fit. I went back around, you know, they're trying to be cool, you know, you know joint, stuff like that. And that stuff's terrible. You know, that stuff, it, it'll destroy you. And, and, and all the germs, they pass it around. It's all spit on it. All, you know, they pass around a wine box. It's all, yeah. You know, you get saved, you say, I don't want that. Yeah, I just went on, went back around my old crowd. And, hey, here, Billy. Uh. Yeah, no, I got saved. Yeah, here, you want some of that? No, I got saved. You know, I don't, I don't. And then, you know, you don't fit in. There was a guy, his name was Tank. <laughs> Tank, his name was Frank, but his nickname was Tank, because he looked like a tank. Tank, you didn't mess with Tank, all right? He was tough. He was big enough, didn't matter. He would just sit on you, but he was tough. He was strong. And Tank's, I come around, and I said, hey, Tank, you got to get saved. You know, I was just brand new Christian. I didn't even know how to say it right. Now, I got, I got born again, and, and I'm going to church now, and and, you know, his hand was about this big, and he made a fist. He said, Billy, you're bumming me out. So I said, all right, see you later, Tank. Said, <laughs> so I didn't go back that day. Went back another day. But uh, many years later, I'll make it short. It's a good story. <laughs> I was going to see my mom in, in Philly, and uh, 
Parallel parking is tricky. I don't know. That's all I get. But doing that parallel, some guy pulls up behind me. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I have a hard time getting in this spot to start with. And I said to Carol, I think this guy's messing with me behind me. I said, I, you know, I don't do this anymore. I don't fight and stuff like But, you know, I was assistant pastor. <laughs> and so, so I, I tried, kind of pulled over a little, and I step out of the car, and this big guy gets out of the car. And the car goes up a little when he... <laughs> so, and he comes toward me. Now, last time I saw a tank... You know, he had, he had a big beard and long hair, real long hair, hair, and it just looked like a monster. But this guy still looked like a monster. He was coming toward me like this. I'm like, oh, I think I'm in trouble. But I'm ready. You know, I got my kids in the car. I'm going to get tough. But he's coming toward me, and he said, Billy. I said, what? <laughs> he grabbed me and picked me up. And I'm off the ground. He's holding me like this. He said, I got saved. I said, Tank? He said, yeah, it's Tank. I got saved. So he came in my mom's house. My mom didn't know what was going on. Me and Tank were rejoicing. And I introduced him to the kids. And <laughs> Monster. Hey, God did that. God did that. And, and that's good. You see, when, you know, you get, give your life over to the Lord Preaching, I got a job in a jail. One of the worst jails in the world, I guess. I don't know. But I know in America it's real. Maximum security, Holmesburg prison. You can tour it now. They're going to knock it down. It was 100 years old when I worked there. But it was a bad place. And uh, maximum security. But uh, uh, just, you know, working in there with just all these, you know, murderers. And that. But I could give them the gospel. And I, look, I hated that going in there. Because I might not go home, you know. But I'm saved. That's okay. God will take care of my kid. But, you know, leading people. I, I, I think I told you some people, the college kids, some of the kids about Poncho got saved. He was almost as big a tank. Not quite. But he didn't like me. And I stood in front of his cell one, one day. And long story short, I just stood there and, they, you know, the... At the bar, I was a correctional officer. Some people think I was a chaplain. I was not a chaplain. I was a correctional. And I didn't know. This guy would blaspheme the Lord. He would, but, you know, I, every day I would say, Lord, what am I going to do about it? Every time I go to work, he grieves me. He mocks Christ. He, he curses. He swears. He, he just walks around uh, mocking the Bible. And, uh, and, and, you know, what am I going to do? And I prayed a lot about fasting. about what am I going to do? So one day, I said, I don't know what else to do. So during lockup, they call it lockup, count time, he was locked in the cell. He was a great big black guy, and he didn't like me. And uh, so I stood in front of his cell during, after count. The count cleared, that means nobody escaped. And so I, they're, they're still locked in for another half hour or so. So I stood there, and I just, I had my Bible, and I just started preaching. <laughs> he was sitting on his... On his bunk, his bed, the little thing they use in there. And uh, just he would look up at me and look down and look up and look down. I expected him to throw stuff at me or whatever. and But he just stayed there. And I just preached, you know, how I got saved. And I gave him all the verses from Romans and, and all these other. And I just kept telling him, he's going, you're going to go to hell and you're lost. You're on your way to hell. You need to get saved. Jesus Christ is the only way. And all the Muslims are listening down the cell block and all. But I just kept preaching and preaching. 
And then I put a gospel track on his cell door, and I walked away, and all sweaty. <laughs> and then uh, I saw him pull it in. I turned around. I saw him pull the track in. I expected him to tear it up, throw it out. But, you know, he didn't. And then that night, he didn't come out of his cell. And then uh, just uh, about a day later, I come in, and he's, he's got a Bible. And I said, uh, you know, he comes up to me, and I, I said, what are you doing? I expect him to start cursing and all. He said, I got saved. And I said, yeah, sure. And I thought he was mocking me. The cold in the Bible, you know. And so he said to, uh, uh, you know, I, I said, uh, I don't know. You know, I didn't know if he really got saved or not. I asked some questions. It sounded like he really got saved, but I didn't trust him. But he, he really did get saved. And his li- it took me weeks to really believe him. But his life changed. I saw him years later. He got transferred. I was working in the Sally Port where a bus comes through. And he was on a bus just transporting some inmates. And you can't see in from the outside, but he hollers through. And he says, C.O. Gorman, Correctional Officer Gorman. I said, yeah, is that you, Pancho? He said, yeah. I said, uh, you living for the Lord? He said, yeah, it's still good. It's still good. He, he had a good testimony, too, in the jail. You see, it's, you know, you got to make a choice. Everything, the job, the job now is a ministry. Your family, the ministry. Everything you're doing now is for the Lord and you give it over to the Lord. And so that's, he decided, Moses said, from now on, I, even though there's going to be afflictions and people will mock me and maybe people will say something and they don't think you're cool and they, you know, they don't think you, you know, you're with it or, if you walk with the Lord, the power of God will be upon you. And there's going to be a big difference. If you don't walk with the Lord, yeah, they'll say, oh, he's a nice guy, but he's just a little odd. He doesn't curse. So you need the power of God. You've got to choose. You're going to be separate. You're going to be different. Everything's going to come from God. And you give it over to God. Your whole life is God. He's all in all. Jesus Christ becomes all in all. In your life. And you ask God to strengthen you, empower you, and conform you more and more to the image of Christ. And then everything, everything, your family, is that's the first line of ministry. And then your job. And then everywhere you go, it, it all belongs to the Lord. Yeah, there's afflictions. And, and, but you got to understand that. you got to know that's going to happen. Because the world doesn't understand what, until they get saved. They need to get saved. And so what happens with with Moses, he said, I choose rather. I walked into that church and I walked, I came in, you know, I broke away from my old crowd. You know, I barely had been in a church before and they're singing, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And I said, hey, that's what happened to me. I had just gotten saved. And I had broken away. And they said, saying amazing, great. And then I said, this is my crowd. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Hey, get all involved with the people of God. Get all involved with a church, which apparently you are. Serve in the Lord. Be a member of a church. Serve the Lord in a church. Raise your kids in a church. Get married in a good church. Help the church. Tithe. Oh, yeah. Do that. Serve the Lord. It's good. 
It's called the pillar and ground of the truth. God's hand, umbrella of protection, is over the local church. And he'll protect you. He'll protect your family more if you dedicate yourself to the people of God. Moses said, it won't be the easiest route, but it's the right route. It's the way I'm going to go. And so he joined in with the people of God. He had the parental protection. But look what, he, what happened here in verse 25. Choosing rather affliction, uh, uh, suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. A little while. Of course, pleasures of sin. You know, you've got to decide. Marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. So you've got to decide, man, I'm going to stay pure. We've got to teach our girls that. We've got to teach our boys that. You know, they stay pure. And then it's still pure when you get married the right way. There's plenty of people out there that are living together. And, you know, we lead people to the Lord, and then we find out, oh, well, you know, we're not married. We're just living together. Hey, well, get married. Get married right away. You know, because that, it, it's just out there. You've got to decide. No, I, I, this is stable. This is, this is good. Uh, this is honorable. This is pure. This is wholesome. This is what I'm going to do with my family. This is how my brain's going to think. God's way, you know, God will restore your mind. You have to be retaught. When I got saved, I had to be retaught about everything. I didn't, I didn't know how to be a good daddy, you know, when I got uh, when I got married, but I read the Bible. I'm not saying I all the counseling I went to and all that, and we did with the but I just got in the Bible. You get in the Bible. How to be a, a woman of God. Where do you get that from? Oh, you got to watch the video. And you got to listen to all these, you know, lectures and read your Bible. Yeah, look up all those verses about when, and just do it that way. That's the good way. You know, how you be a man? Read the Bible. It'll show you. Marriage, whatever, how to treat what. Give it all to, that will separate you. It's, you know, you don't even have to, like, ooh, man, this thing is separation. I went back around my old crowd. I didn't fit in. I, I don't smoke that stuff. Well, you did last week. Yeah, but now I got saved. I ain't drinking that stuff. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Yeah, it's rot good. It's rot. You stay away. Teach your kids. You don't need that stuff. You don't need what the world has. You, you know, choose. Choose. You're going to associate with God's people you're going to go with God's people. You're going to help God's work. The local church for today. Moses said, that's what I'm going to do. Now, he says in verse 26, esteeming or, or deciding, choosing, evaluating the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And what God has is good. What God has is the best. And I just esteem that. I'm going to love Jesus with all my heart. And I'm going to get close to the Lord and walk in the shadow. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I just want to stay. God's going this direction. That's where I'm going. God's going. That's where I'm going. Yeah, your flesh might want to do something else. But you put God first. You get in the Bible. You let him direct your life. Now, what that leads to is what happened with Moses. Moses 
got a position from God where he could help God's people. God will do that with you. And what did he help them to do? Separate. What did he, where did he bring them out of? Bondage. Ah, Moses didn't do it on his own, but, but not even close. Now, he was meekest man in all the earth. He, he doubted himself, but he had faith in God. That's what the Bible says here. By faith, by faith, by faith. He trusted God. Faith separates. You do it God's way, automatically, there's going to be separation. You are different. Faith divides. We do it this way. The world does it some other way. But God's way is good. God's way is right, wholesome, pure. And it's never going to hurt your family. It's never going to... Don't you listen to some psychiatrist or Oprah Winfrey or I don't know what those people want to... Don't listen to them. Listen to, listen to the preacher. Listen to the Bible. Listen to the word of God and let God direct your life. And Moses got a position. God has something for you to do. Hey, but ladies, it's good to raise a godly seed for the Lord. Let me tell you, that's a privileged position. It's wonderful. Don't you say, oh, I'm, just, I'm just taking care of kids. You know, I'm just uh, home with the kids. And, you know, it's no big, nobody knows me. God knows you. You raise those kids in a good way. You pray with them. You teach them. And you love, but keep bringing God to them. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Get the word of God in your home. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And, Dad, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be some big shot, well-known, you know, Everybody knows, some, some preachers are, you know, they're in for a big fall. They think they're big shots. Well, you know, who's supposed to be the big shot? God. Oh, such and such ministries. Come see such and such. Man, now, we're supposed to be lifting up Jesus. Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. We're lift up Jesus. And whatever, John the Baptist, I mean, Jesus gave him some uh, pretty big compliments. But he said, he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah, you may not be well known, but you live for the Lord. Some of the greatest rewards in heaven will be some Sunday school teacher humbly teaching some mommy, just teaching their child. You know, a child right at their knee, praying with their kid. That's the real battleground. That's where it really counts. Daddy faithfully teaching their kids the Bible. That'll be so, and that's what what happened with Moses here. It, it says in verse twenty-seven, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, seeing him who was invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch uh, uh, should touch them. So. He associated himself with the people of God. He did with the people of God. He kept the Passover. He was very distinct in what he did. He led them through the Red Sea. God used him in wonderful ways. But it wasn't this thing where Moses had to learn all this theology. and It was he just, by faith, obeyed God. And it's simple. It'll make you profoundly different, even among other Christians. A lot of times, if you just, whatever you do, family, well, 
You know, they say, you know, do it this way. The books, this book they wrote, they said, do it this way, do it this way. Do it. Hey, well, okay, well, what's God say? Let's see what God says. They say, children, you know, don't have, well, let's see what God says. They say, you know, you got to have this much money. Well, let's see what God says. Let's get in the Bible. And that will make a wonderful change, a good change in you. And then you will naturally, you will be different. You'll be distinct. Moses separated. He separated by choosing to or refusing Egypt, the world, their ways. Because if, if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's sin, it's sin. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, associate with the people of God, and do what God's people are supposed to do. And when you do that, you can lead people in the right way, even if it's only your children. You lead them in the right way. Teach them the good things of God. You will be distinct in a good way. Not arrogant, not proud, in a humble fashion. You will be distinct. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Pulpit. Second Timothy chapter 4 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We pray that through the challenging preaching of the Word of God today, that you will be encouraged to stay faithful in preaching the Word and hearing the Word. Lester Roloff many years ago said, The world's greatest need is preaching preachers. Let's pray that in this day and this hour, we will stay faithful to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to the Baptist Pulpit.